Angie was the perfect student. Today's the day for what? Yearbook staff? Bright and ambitious. I am going to edit the yearbook and I'm going to be a cheerleader. But inside, she wanted more. I wonder what you have to do to be popular. Hey, Angie, come join the party. Mom! Me? You've chosen me? She used to be kind of cool. Well, now she's kind of weird, isn't she? Nice clothes, Angela. Where'd you get them? A thrift store? That's what Stacy does. She hurts people. Yeah, I just don't want to see you get hurt. You better run along now. We don't feed strays here. <laughs> we are who we are. Do the best with what God gave you. I want to be better than just me. You're going to be a cheerleader. I mean, what else do you want? You're so pretty and funny and confident. All I want is to be like you. You're pathetic. I challenge you to be the best. You are so weird. Be the best. Go away! Second best is not good enough. <laughs> and so I ask you, what is your goal? Don't be the best! Again? Don't be the best! Don't be the best! Don't be the best! Was it the perfect crime or a cry for help? Someone disliked her enough to kill her. It had to be some crazy person. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I know what you are. Get away from me. Kelly Martin, Tori Spelling, Valerie Harper, Death of a Cheerleader. They call us a movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network, and to find more from us, check out the website at themainnaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Naming. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Hey. No bit this week. I had a hell of a weekend, as you guys know. But it did lead me to have a lot of conversation with my sister, which leads to some good questions I like to throw out. We realized that we have a weird connection with Empire Records in that every Rex Manning day, I jokingly text her it's Rex Manning Day, like as a thing every year. And we quote the movie randomly. Like we don't, it's not like in our top 10 movies or anything we love, but it's just a random thing together. And I didn't know if you guys had something that or maybe the audience out there Maybe it's something they do with the sibling. I don't well, know. Was Anthony messaged the whole group saying happy Rex Manning Day, didn't you, Ant? Yep. Yeah, I yep. know you keep you keep that day holy. Holiday Rex Manning. <laughs> I've never other seen that, that movie. Other than that, no. me and my sister, although with Empire Records, we always have an argument of what's the better Ethan Embry movie. The answer is obviously Can't Hardly Wait, but she decides to be wrong. <laughs> In terms of our audience, this Mark, I'm not sure if you know, this is not a live show, so we can't ask the audience for this. So, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> But if you're listening and you want to answer that question, go right ahead on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Main Amy. Before we get into this week's movie, uh, we uh, always do, at least uh, during this uh, unprecedented time, uh, go into what we've been watching. So what have you guys been watching, Dan? I watched over the weekend. I, I had some on-demand movies. I watched Annabelle Comes Home, and I think that's like the 10th installment in the Conjuring universe. Uh, and I watched The Good Boys, or I think it's just Good Boys. Uh, I had heard a lot of good things about that movie. And did you see that movie? Yeah, it was okay. good. It was fun. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> Why'd you hate it? 
I hated the kids. The, the okay. grown-ups are hilarious. Movie. All of the grown-ups are great. I like, oh, I, I know his name because I said it as soon as he showed up. The tall, lanky, white guy, the British guy. Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. I was dying at his character, the, uh, the like the, the nerdy grown-up who still lives in his parents' basement who's buying mm-hmm. a Magic the Gathering card off of a 10-year-old or like a yeah. 12-year-old. And he he was my favorite part of the movie. But the the kids, I just I couldn't get over them. They just constantly screamed, and it, it got grating after a while. But overall, it wasn't a, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, Annabelle Comes Home was not a very good movie. I've enjoyed the other Annabelle movies, but it's definitely run its course at this point. And I think they have a sequel planned for Annabelle because this one did pretty well at the box office, I think. So mm. I, I, if I remember hearing correctly. But that's it. Just Saturday night. Didn't want to go to bed. I was up till like 3.30 in the morning and put those bad boys on. Okay. Interesting. Mark? Nothing out of the ordinary from, you know, I'm watching The Last Dance. That thing's amazing. They have Gary Payton on there, and he explains how he shut down Jordan in the three games that he actually covered him. And Jordan laughed at it and was like, oh, I didn't have any issues. And then the stats tell a completely different story. <laughs> but it's just it was just funny seeing him laugh at that and go and just the ego that he's manifested that I never got stopped. What are you? T- mm-hmm. um, so that that's thing was fun. And um, the only other thing I got, if you listen to Game Ball Pod, I got down a wormhole from Tom pointing out guys that show you how to build computers on Twitter uh, and not Twitter on YouTube. And I went down a hole of watching that stuff. So that was part of my weekend of having that on in the background. I wish I watched more movies for you guys to do this part of the podcast, but it's just, I just don't find the time. Gotcha. Yeah. I haven't really watched much. I mean, more than Mark. So that's a yeah. little bit more again, <laughs> going through Friday the 13th series. Actually, I haven't posted my article yet. So I'm probably just going to wait till Friday to post the one that I watched last week. So just kind of keep it on Fridays. I think this watched the sixth one recently. That's the one that's got to go up. Um, watch that. Still, all of a sudden, I find myself in a Marvel rabbit hole, so I watched Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. And I just, I literally just finished Guardians of the Galaxy 10 minutes before we connected. So I'm doing that for some reason. And we, me and the wife, we watched the second season of Dead to Me uh, on Netflix. yeah. Very good show. Christine Applegate, my first crush ever. So got to support her, everything she does. <laughs> but uh, we watched the f- first. We watched the first season to kind of refresh our memories, and then we watched the uh, the second season in a matter of two days. It's really quick. It's it's ten episodes per season and thirty minutes each. So it's like oh. you know they fly by, and that's really it. You know, in the mornings because I get up early with the dogs, I usually just throw on YouTube and stuff auto plays for like a good hour until my wife wakes up. Usually, like, what culture lists and stuff like that. But that's about all I'm watching. What's keeping me sane? Uh, but this week, we had a audience request, a listener request for this week. So they're taking Dan's place, because he was the one that brought it to our attention. So this week, Dan's choice was somebody else's choice entirely. Dan, you want to introduce this movie and how we came across it? Sure. Yeah, as Anthony mentioned, we had a... Listener request, a good friend of the podcast, Jim Cook, messaged me and said, hey, uh, I'm watching this movie on Amazon called Death of a Cheerleader. I think it would be a good pick for the show. So I I didn't really have any choices at that point. So I figured, why the hell not? You know, Jim has been a, a good friend and he's 
helped us out with some social media posts. So, yep. Jim, thank you very much again, and uh, thank you for the recommendation. So for this week, I chose Death of a Cheerleader from 1994. Okay, yeah, Death of a Cheerleader. Did, I'm going to assume that neither of you guys know anything about coming into this movie about Death of a Cheerleader. Is that is that accurate? That is correct. Yeah, I I went on blind trust. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had no idea about the movie. I vaguely remember maybe the news story about the actual story, you know, being one of those um, white lines, you know, 2020 things. Just based on the timing, I doubt you remembered it, but maybe something similar. Okay. Um, so, yes, this week, Death of a Cheerleader from 1994 was originally titled A Friend to Die For on its first run, and then it subsequently made its way to Lifetime, and they changed the name to Death of a Cheerleader. So we're calling it Death of a Cheerleader because that it's lived longer as Death of a Cheerleader, and also they just remade it in 2019 on Lifetime as Death of a Cheerleader. So we're calling it Death of a Cheerleader. This aired on NBC on September 26th, 1994. It went up against... Monday Night Football, Murphy Brown, and Party of Five, and it scored a higher rating than each one of them. I was uh, going I was to make, make a joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Great minds. Yeah, I was, well, was going to say it, and it crushed Monday Night Football. It absolutely did. That's Who was playing? Uh, it was the Bills versus the Broncos, I believe. Oh, uh, Yep, Buffalo Bills Great. 27, Denver Broncos 20. Wow, that's uh, a good game, too. <laughs> <laughs> Monday, uh, Monday Night Football had a rating of 16.3, and Mo- NBC Monday Night Movies, A Friend to Die For, had a rating of 17.7 with a share of 27%. Maybe we so. should be reviewing the Monday Night Football game over this then. <laughs> so drag this, that game through this the is cons- like if you go back, if you go look at reviews, this is kind of like the the made-for-TV movie to end all made-for-TV movies, at least in the time period uh, of ni- of the early 90s. This was, like, the cream of the crop, basically. But, I mean, I don't know if anybody is really like, this is a great movie, but, you know, what this, was So back you're then? saying this set the standard this is like this, uh, from what like this sets the standard for lifetime movies really is kind of what people were saying it was like it would go on to kind of be the benchmark more or less this was directed by william a graham predominantly tv director spanning 1958 to 2002 uh including episodes of dr kildare the fugitive batman and a few episodes of the x-files a bunch of tv movies sprinkled in here and there including return to the blue lagoon and this was based on a true story surrounding the death of 15-year-old Kirsten Costas, who was stabbed to death by Bernadette Prati on June 23, 1984. This has an IMDb score of 6.2. I definitely did not see that on the news. Yes. This has an IMDb <laughs> score of 6.2 and no critics Rotten Tomato score, but a 52% on audience. The stars... Tori Spelling, who got $100,000 for her role. Kelly Martin, James Avery, Valerie Harper, Marley Shelton, Eugene Roach. Terry O'Quinn, Krista Miller, Catherine Morris, Margaret Langrick. Uh, gentlemen, what did you think of this movie? It's a downer. <laughs> it's a big downer. Uh, I was trying to take notes about, you know, picking apart points of this movie. And I just, I felt so sad watching it at, after a certain point. Because I could kind of see myself in the main character's shoes a little bit, <laughs> not wanting to. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to give it away, but not. I I wasn't totally like her, obviously. But it's like, man, I remember when I used to get picked on mercilessly. That wasn't very fun. So uh, 
Yeah, this movie, I mean, it's it's not a very good movie, but God damn it, it's very depressing. <laughs> this is the most depressing movie we've reviewed. Sure, yeah. Mark? Yeah, so initially I spent most of the first part of this movie just going, oh crap, they're in it, and then just being on IMDb because of like Dan said how depressing it gets through, you know, throughout it. But my initial thoughts were it felt very much what I always imagined those made-for-TV movies being before Lifetime and Hallmark just basically took them over with their own genre of that type. Very low quality, but it, trying to say something. I check the clock a lot, and that's usually a sign to me of that I am very bored with this movie. And at multiple times, I was like, oh, crap. It's an hour and 10 minutes left in this movie? <laughs> He made it 20 minutes before you check the clock. Yes. <laughs> it's a short movie. It's like 91 minutes. Yeah, that that was my point of showing you how early I checked. Them. Yeah, I think it was more fun for me outside of the storyline was just to sort of see all these actors that I've seen in other things. A lot of them probably some of their first roles on a big stage like this. It was interesting in that fact, but not interesting in terms of an actual movie. Sure. Yeah, it's... There are some f- weird things to poke at. It's not a good. I didn't enjoy this movie whatsoever, but it is what it is. It's yeah. it's exact. It's exactly. It takes they. There's too much time after she kills her left in the movie when it happens. That happens mm-hmm. in like the 45 minute mark, and there's just way too much time after that. Um, of just um Kelly Martin looking off and just. You know, getting more and more depressed and, and just cracking upset. under the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of this movie just thinking to myself, when is Uncle Phil going to show up? Yes. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking, like, who's, who is he? Is he a, a teacher? Is he, you know, is he a coach or something? What's going on? Where is he? And then he only shows up, like Mark said, he's only in it for three minutes tops. Yeah, he's in two scenes maximum. Yeah. And, uh, and he's the third build. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, well this I mean, goes back to very... what Anthony said last week, right? With uh, yeah, or, yeah it was last week with a uh, tiny Lister. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean James Avery did have a very popular television show on yeah. the same channel during that time. So you know, putting the butts, keeping the butts in the seats, or keeping the butts in that on that same channel, um, I guess is the reason why you put James Avery in there. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough one to go through. Um, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not that we don't appreciate the the suggestion, Jim, as Dan mentioned, he's been helping us out, providing some social media content, the content for us. But yeah, no, it was an, a weird one. I wonder how the I wonder how the remake plays it out too. I wonder if it plays it as straight as this one does. You know, as the Lifetime has become more and more sensational over the past 25, they're almost 30 years. Maybe it's a little sillier. Uh, but Jim, if Dan hasn't uh, given you the message, if you're looking, because I know he, you said that he was looking for a horror, he thought it was going to be a horror movie and he was sorely disappointed. Um, so I'm suggesting to Jim, if he has Netflix and he's looking for a lifetime movie sort of horror to watch My Teacher, My Obsession, it is the best movie on Netflix, bar none. <laughs> I might check that out. Yeah. That sounds like it's pretty good. I think because you messaged us about it too. Yeah. So that'd be a good movie to check out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it's this is gonna be a weird one. We're gonna get through it. Um, there's plenty of stuff to poke at, including including a weird de- treat to you know a snack 
to eat while driving. <laughs> well, it, it was funny while I was watching this. Jen was telling me, "How are you going to make fun of this movie? It's it's a it's messages about anti-bullying." Like, yeah, <laughs> we're going to cyberbully a movie about anti-bullying. Yeah, I was like, "That's a good point." I don't know how I'm going to make fun of this movie, but there's a there's a few good scenes where you could really point out like certain parts for sure. It is the oddest. Now, would, would it be considered a MacGuffin ant? The uh, or what am I thinking of? That no. the only reason that scene exists is it's Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun. That's Chekhov's it. Chekhov's gun. Yeah, it's not a MacGuffin. Yeah. But yeah. Um. But yeah, it is the weirdest Chekhov's gun that I've seen in a movie in a long time. It's, the reason why that is there. It that's gotta. Do you think that that's that's the reasoning? Because it might have happened that way in real life. Like it has it's to be. so weird. Because <laughs> they could have just been like, they could have thought of any reason. Yeah. Like her dad's working on that car. Maybe she kill. She winds up killing her with something in his tool bag that's still in the back seat or something like that. It bludgeons yeah. her to death with the yeah. tire iron. We're <laughs> just like you know an exacto knife or something like that. Right. But, yeah, but they, no, they decided to go with a kitchen knife that is there because her sister decides to eat vegetables as a snack as she's driving and cuts them up. Well, it, you know, movies obvious, obviously take liberties with uh, with movies that are, or with stories that are supposed to be real life uh, yeah. events. But that's a weird thing to take a liberty with. Right. I'm saying it's such an oddball thing that it has right. to be from like the court reports. Yeah, right? like straight 100%. from. Like that was the reason. That was her explanation for why she had a knife or why it wasn't predetermined. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure the sister feels pretty terrible about it, if that's true. Like, I knew I shouldn't have been doing that in the car. My mom always I told just, me not to do but that. But it's, it's there for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we. I think we can all admit that our our cars are not, you know, shining temples, and they're not no. super clean. But no. I don't think I've ever kept a kitchen knife in any of my vehicles. And I've I, never kept a kitchen knife inside of a Tupperware full of vegetables. No. And then just left. Like, I didn't bring the vegetables with me. Just like, oh, no, I'll it'll be there tomorrow when I have another snack in the car. <laughs> I don't need to worry about it. It's already there for me. Yeah, keeping it crisp. And what a weird way to show people that, like, to show how a family is, like, not rich. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's used to downplay that they're they're poor, I guess. Your sister eats uh, vegetables in the car. Uh, that's a that's a good thing. Well, wait a minute. I don't. Is that a stereotype for poor people? Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Keeping it classy there, and oh, yeah, keeping it classy. Like, how is that? What what's the difference? You're gonna tell me you don't eat in your car? Everyone <laughs> does it. I mean, the way she does it is very uh, bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little oddball, but to each their own. Yeah, this one's this one's a weird one. So uh, stick with it, strap everybody. It. Listen, listening to this, uh, but we'll get through it. Uh, you guys want to get into the plot? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Before we do, Dan, what you got for us? So as I've been doing for the past few weeks, I like to give a shout out to our friend Tia from Geek Vibes Nation and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her crew tackle a number of entertaining topics, like the top ten movies of the year or the top 10 worst on-screen couples. This podcast has it all, so don't miss out. All right, and we're going to take a step back to listen to some friends of the podcast, and we will be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. 
Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. It seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into the plot of Death of a Cheerleader. We open on an affluent neighborhood. We got old men jogging, kids riding bikes, people playing tennis. And we settle on, the kids ride their bikes into a church parking lot, and then we dissolve into the church parking lot at night. And rich white people are sitting in their house playing cards, and the doorbell rings. And we meet a girl named Stacy, who asks them to use their phone. Uh, she says her friend is being really weird, and she doesn't want to drive with her anymore, so she just wants to call her parents to come pick her up. She calls. There's no answer. So the people that uh, the, the man that owns the house that she uh, just rang the bell decides to drive her home. Uh, while he's driving home, he notices that the other car falls behind her. Uh, he drives her all the way to her house, but her parents aren't home. So she just says, I'll just go across the street. Um, the neighbors are home. I'll just go there. This is so. the perfect setup for a horror movie already, right? Yep. Because yeah. it kind of seems like uh, uh, Stacy is setting up the the old man to be yeah. a murder victim, right? That's what I thought immediately. Like, oh, okay, so she's she's conning this family into getting this guy alone. Then they're going to jump him and murder him, and maybe there'll be a string of murders, but it, it's very not exciting what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. So she gets out, and he says, you know, I'll wait, I'll wait here until you get into the house. Just make sure you get in safe, which wasn't that much of a help. <laughs> no, no, he just sat there. <laughs> yeah. So... She goes to, so he waits, the guy waits for her to get in the house, and the neighbor comes out, uh, uh, so he sees something happening, and she starts screaming, and the neighbor comes out, and she comes stumbling up to the neighbor, uh, all bloody, and she says, help me, I've been stabbed. She falls into the guy's arms, and there's With a kid. Wonderful tour spelling acting. Yeah. Uh, earning <laughs> her $100,000. Yeah, so her neighbor tries to help her, and then her... His son, who stands there for motionless <laughs> in the doorway, not doing anything until he finally gets told to call 911, which was the slowest call 911 reaction ever. Um, well, it, and, then, and they they show up incredibly late too because the parents get there first, pretty much, or they get there as soon as the ambulance gets there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I mean, listen for an, for a rich white neighborhood. I mean, you got to be there quicker, right? Yeah. That's like a five minute response time usually isn't yeah. that what they say yeah sure. they're gonna they're gonna cut the funding to that emt oh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> those guys are fired it's so fired <laughs> so her parents come home and when they get home cops are there 
ambulance is there and uh ambulance takes takes her away takes stacy away to we cut to the hospital and the uh, paramedic not the paramedics the doctors are working on her and but she eventually dies on the table i, I love the, the uh, i love the uh the one doctor who's working on her and when she just dies he just kind of yeah shakes his head a little bit <laughs> on his way uh, he there's no remorse whatsoever like no, she's we lost her and just kind of shakes his head and walks away. There, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I would think that they would show a little bit of remorse, don't you think? Some emotion would be there. Like, oh, yeah, we lost I mean, Tori Spelling. Oh yeah, well. Um, <laughs> unless if that guy just everybody dies on the table with him, he just like, oh fuck, <laughs> not again. Right. Uh, we really need to stop he- using you. <laughs> One of these times I'll get it right. <laughs> yeah. Next one, I promise. Next one. <laughs> oh, gee, I mean, now we're not going to see her in Scary Movie 2. Oh, what a loss. Um, so we get 10 months earlier, and there's a pep rally, and we find out Stacy is a cheerleader. And Principal Sachs addresses the auditorium. He talks about excellence and the desi- desire for everyone to be the best, really driving it home. Also mentions that people call him X-Lax behind his back, but Principal <laughs> Principal sex or principal sucks was right there. For it was me. right there. Or ball sacks. <laughs> it was right there. There were so uh, many. It was primetime NBC. But this it. guy, he he's he's cool. He's Mr. Cool. He goes up there. He gives the finger guns to someone. Right. He's like, oh, I see you. Yeah, I see you, girl. I see you down oh, he's, there. He's, he's definitely fucking one of the larks. And again, I thought that was another place this was this movie was gonna go where. <laughs> yeah. Stacy was banging the the principal. Yeah, well, yeah, there is there is one scene where he's where like she exits the scene because he calls her into his office. Yes. And then nothing happens. It's just like we just it's just to get her out of the scene basically. And he even brings it up. He's like, "You're just the girl we need to represent oh, yeah. the school." So it's, it's not. Right there. Yeah, it's he's like mildly sexually harassing her. Yeah. It's like ever so subtle. Of the thing, like the things he's saying, like it's not super, like man, that guy is obviously fucking sixteen-year-olds. But it's I, like uh, he probably wouldn't say no. But it was the eighties. Here's the thing. I mean, Stacy, she's not putting up any walls exactly. You know what I mean? She's she wants to be excellent no matter what, and that's why I was thinking that this movie was kind of gonna was gonna go that route where she's defending. Her relationship with the with the principal, right. but I I didn't know what to expect from this movie. Obviously, it was called Death of a Cheerleader, but I thought there was going to be so many twists and turns. Like you you know she's banging the she's banging the uh, the principal and she's super popular and I I just didn't know exactly where it wanted to go. Right. Uh, at the pep rally, we also meet Angela, played by Kelly Martin, who seems to really take the principal's speech to heart, which is yeah. weird because no student ever listens to the principal. Nope. This was when I was um, taking my test to become a teacher. I th- I immediately thought to myself, I would love to teach at this school because all the kids are like super psyched to be there. Yeah. They're, they're chanting the school motto. No one's making fun of anyone just yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone seems super psyched. So I was like, oh, this would have been a pretty good school to be a part of. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, let's see, after the paparelli, 
Angela and Jill talk. Jill's her best friend. She talks. Uh, Angela talks about all the things that she's going to do. She wants to be editor of the yearbook. She wants to be a cheerleader. She wants to be a lark. A lark is some sort of sorority, very clicky, sort of uh, an outreach program for the youth center or something like that. Um, That's another place I thought I was going to name. We have to save the youth center. <laughs> by dancing. <laughs> right. Yeah, some... Uh... Some some guy would come over to take well some guy would come in try to take over the youth center turn it into a uh, like a, a mall or something like that yeah. right yeah, yeah. That, and, that would the and the cheerleader sacrificed <laughs> herself to right. well it's a dance off yeah like, if we could raise this amount of money then we save the youth center oh, yeah we have to rally to the rally the uh, the community together we can do it and then yeah Alan Thick comes in and somehow cheats them out of <laughs> out of their money. It's too late. You lost, girls. Take a hike. <laughs> Alan. He's got that, like, that deep bravado voice. Yeah. <laughs> Just being super smug and condescending. Your youth, your youth center's in the, middle, in, in the way of my mall. <laughs> this is prime real estate. <laughs> and then he sends his son to hit on the, the head cheerleader, or the head lark. There we go. Right? So then, like, oh, guys, you know, Mr. Mr. Bald, whoever, I can't think of a last name to make this bit funny. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Alan Thick is not such a bad guy after all. Uh, are we are we just doing the goods, but in this movie? Is that, oh, is that, I forgot oh, yeah, Alan probably. Thick is in the goods. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Listen, Ed Helms' character is not that bad of a guy. You know, we should we should hear him out a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, so then Al- Angela and Jill have lunch on the quad and Angela and Jill talk and see Jamie who's sitting with Stacy and her other friends. Jamie and Angela are friends of middle school or at another high school or something like that. Um, and Jamie sees Angela and she waves her over and Angela sits with her and Stacy and all her friends. While she's there, Stacy talks shit about Monica, who is a goth girl, but also might be 30. <laughs> she stayed back a few times. Sadly, Catherine Morris looks perpetually 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we're going to get a, a very nicely worded tweet from her now. <laughs> uh, so Stacy and Monica share some choice words as Monica walks away, walks by. Stacy says, uh, what did you lose your broom? And she says, I don't need a broom to fly away from you, bitch. <laughs> Monica has Monica has the better comebacks here for yeah. sure. She shits all over Stacy. Yeah, and even if it's not a better comeback, she's coming. She's like coming from the heart too. Oh yeah, it's like I will fucking cut you. <laughs> yeah, the, she she seems like you. She wouldn't want to be messed with. Like you yeah. really, you would make fun of her for a little bit, and then she would show she's deadly serious. Like, she okay, just maybe like, I should back away a little bit. She just starts just carving, like, fuck you in her arm. Right. <laughs> and just staring yeah. at you while she does it. Like, okay, like, oh. freak. It's like, all right, maybe I better back off making fun of Monica. <laughs> right. See, now, there's a problem with this movie already. Because you can kind of tell, like, all right, well, obviously we know so-and-so is going to be killed here. And they're going to try to make it look as if Monica did it. Mm-hmm. And this movie does not do that. That's no. A huge problem because you set up half the movie showing Stacy just going in on Monica and it never comes back around really. Right. This movie's not interested in creating a mystery. Which is a problem. It could have been it, it really set itself up that way. Right. Because at the very beginning of the movie shows like who stabbed Stacy, right? That's the mystery of it. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, um, that's, that's supposed to be the twist, you know, the big thing is it, you know, not who you think it is. And mm. then they even play out the school thinking who it is. Yeah, right, I mean, sort of thing. I feel like anyone with a brain would really know who did it immediately or within maybe two minutes of the movie mm. or the two minutes. Of, yeah, the principal. <laughs> she wouldn't bang me. <laughs> I showed her. Yeah. That would have been a good twist. That would have been, <laughs> that been a great been. twist. <laughs> That's uh, M. Night Shyamalan-esque. <laughs> he found out the real killer. It was a... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it, yeah, it's like uh, Angela did, was the one that stabbed her a bunch of times, but then he came came in and just stabbed her once, and that was the kill shot. So we see it all play out the way we do, but then he just comes in one more time. Just, ah! Like he was he was waiting in the weeds and he was like I was gonna do this but she beat me to it uh stab just one and then later on uh, uh Uncle Phil comes in like wait a minute they're they're getting ready to throw uh Angela into you know into juvie like wait a minute the knife isn't serrated Angela couldn't have done it like, no I'm pretty sure it? I did it <laughs> no, you're not listening, Uncle Phil. I stabbed her ten times. Like, yeah, but you missed all the main arteries. <laughs> it's like, but she was stabbed eleven times. Dun dun dun. Who was the have... stabbed victim? And just the like, the last shot of the movie is just like, uh, like over in the principal's office, a serrated knife on display of some for some reason. Like he's a big fan of uh, Paul Hogan or something. <laughs> and and it, it, it's still bloody. He didn't even bother yep. to wipe it. It's been yep. six months. <laughs> this is a good movie. Right? Yeah. It's there's so much intrigue now. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, uh, after school, Angela tells Jill that she got a job working in the front office after school, and Stacy also happens to work there, so she's very excited. All good things are happening to her. She's going to get close with Stacy, and you know, she's just going to rise to the top, basically. And then they, she gets driven home by Jill's parents, and she comes home, she talks to her dad, who's working on his car, and I guess she takes offense to him not caring about her getting a job with the popular girl. And then inside, her sister is making dinner. And Angela makes a point to say she hates vegetables, which you may not think so at this point, but it plays a major <laughs> part in this movie. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, such a weird, like like you said, Andrew, such a weird Chekhov's gun. This is really, <laughs> this is, really this setting us up there, movie. the rounds into Chekhov's gun. I, also, did you notice, I don't think, again, I was very young in 1994, but I don't think any child talks to their parents this way when... She she comes home. She tells her dad that she got a job. She said, "Yeah, it's with one of the cool girls." What? what does <laughs> yeah, that it was a little weird. And he was like, "All right, well, yeah, great. You got a job." <laughs> right. Yeah. What what does that matter? That has nothing to do with the job. Yeah. Can you imagine if I did that to you guys when I got a new job? Like, yeah, it's with one of the most popular people ever. Like, who? John oh, you, you don't know? <laughs> John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, congrats, Dan, I guess. I'm going to I'm gonna be buddies with him, and you'll see. Things are really happening for me now. You're married, Dan. Don't you Don't you have anything better to do? No, not really. Oh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I want to see what Jen thinks about that later. Like, what if I just did this, Jen? Every time I, you know, I went somewhere, oh, it's with this cool person. He's so talk. cool. <laughs> don't talk to me anymore, please. <laughs> uh, 
So her, her her and her sister talk for a while, and Angela has her head in the clouds about the idea of living on her own and making a name for herself. Her sister Terry warns her that it's not all it's cracked up to be. And uh, when you when you're on your own, you got to pay bills, you got to go to work, you got to spend a lot of time by yourself. It's and been a, a real down, a real downer. Yeah, that was the <laughs> realest moment in any movie we've watched. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Terry's got suck. Yeah, Terry's. Terry's got some issues. She seems like she has it together, and then she just drops that bomb. It's like I'm alone all the time. <laughs> and then, you know, like she she shits all over her dream, basically, because Angela is a very good writer. She says, She's "Like I'm one of the best writers in the high school." Like, well, yeah, you know what? Well, that doesn't mean jack shit. Well, oh, thanks. But <laughs> some to sister. be fair, Jill tells her she's the best writer in in the school. Right. I think we're just kind of taking it at face value in the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we're, why are we not to believe that? You know what I mean? Sure. Nothing is said to the contrary. We, ha- I mean, we only get at that point. Yeah, we only get ten lines from her poem though, too. So we uh, judge for yourself based on that poem. But Court didn't like it very much. No, no, and <laughs> neither did the uh, the the yearbook club really. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> How do you not make the? I made the yearbook. The year uh, yearbook club. I'm yeah, nobody. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they ever turn people away in my school. Well, like, oh, thank God, people want to work on the yearbook. Right. I think I'm, there might have been eight or nine people in that club, and that is how I won the superlative for most optimistic because I cheated. But nice. Yeah, and that's really what that yearbook is all about. <laughs> <laughs> right? I yeah. I didn't know what optimistic was at that point. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. No one's voting for it, so I'll just put my name in there. There you yeah. go. Right. I mean, if anybody knows Dan, that's Super the furthest thing. <laughs> Maybe that's why she wanted to get into the yearbook club. Maybe she just wanted to make her. She wanted to uh, give her most popular. Yeah, I'm yeah. the most popular. The hell with Stacy. Like, no, yeah, not ma- really. Ma- maybe it was a big thing in the '80s. Like yearbook club was like the second best club at the school or something. Mm, it was right Maybe. behind chess club. Yeah. All the cool people were there. <laughs> uh, so I have lost my place. Uh, so the next scene is at the attendance office while Stacy is talking to her boyfriend, Court, while Angela is working. And Court skipped school yesterday and needs an excuse, so Stacy peer pressures Angela into writing an excuse for him. And Stacy also throws more shade at the goth girl, Monica. And then Mr. Sachs comes in and makes some minor inappropriate comments at Stacy. And then Jamie comes in. It's all just, this whole scene is just people walking in. <laughs> <laughs> Walking in and walking out of the scene. Jamie comes in and invites both Stacy and Angela to a student council ski trip. And that's the end of that scene. So we go to the church where Angela really wants to go to the ski trip. Her mom is undecided. But then after the sermon and she takes to heart what the priest says. And I don't even really know what he said. Uh, her mom decides that she can. I, I love I, the... Uh, real quick, Mark. Yeah. I love that the, the priest is talking about how... Oh, yeah, the mother comes out and she's saying, like, oh, that was a lovely sermon. And he, the priest says, oh, I think a lot of the, the younger listeners probably thought it was a bit stuffy. Yeah, man, no shit. <laughs> That's every child at church, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think what he said was um, trying to do something outside the normal or, you know, something like that. And that's what gave her the idea of going, yeah, maybe I should let her go, you know. Maybe. You know? I don't remember. So It was Just... something like that. And just think about it. That could that's gonna be my life in in a few years, right? You're gonna be my, a priest. Well, no, my kid begging me to go somewhere. 
Oh. Like, can I do this, Dad? Please, can I? Can I just take all your money and go to the ski lodge? Like, ugh, fine. I, 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 I don't know what. Obviously, I don't know what it's like yet, but it just seems like such a chore. <laughs> <laughs> I, you don't want to break your kid's heart, but at the same time, it's seventy-five dollars. That's you know, I could be eating with that money. It's true. I don't want to. I'm, I'm not here to please you, kid. Or you could be feeding him with that money. Uh, <laughs> well, no, he'll have a job at that point. At the uh, where does she work? Holy <laughs> the shit. attendance office. The attendance office. She can feed herself. Yeah. Uh, so Angela tries to get Jill to go with her, but Jill has absolutely no interest, which I don't blame Jill. Um, it costs too much money and needs boots and a bunch of other things. So montage of part-time jobs. We get a montage of Angela babysitting, washing cars, all that kind of good stuff. Um, then they go to the mall and find some ski equipment, but it's still too expensive. So she gets hand-me-down clothes and she hates the way she looks. But Jill says she looks just fine because everyone needs a Jill in their life. Yep. Yeah, talking her up. That That's what you do need, man. Like, keeping you, like, talking you up, but also keeping you down to earth kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just She's her make, biggest fan. Yeah, it's awesome. That's that's the one moral of this story of I, that I've learned. It's like, you know, don't shoot for the stars like that. You got perfectly good friend right there. And were you more of a Jill or were you a Stacy in high school? Was I a Jill or a Stacy? I was obviously a Stacy. I so think popular. you would be a Stacy. So you're the Stacy of our group for sure. Yeah. Right. And you guys are always trying. You guys are always vying for my approval. (laughs) That's why I always invite you to parties, Aunt. I'm gonna be friends with Aunt finally. I'm gonna gonna force him to be my friend. (laughs) It'll happen one day, Dan. One day. One day. (laughs) Angela's parents drop her off for the ski trip, and her mother is a little overbearing, so Jill freaks out. For some reason, Goth Girl Monica's parents are forcing her to go, which sounds just awful. It does. That's the worst. Don't force somebody to go on a ski trip. As right. someone that sucked the one time he went skiing, someone doesn't want to ski. That's the worst thing you could do to them. <laughs> and her parents should really read the room. I mean, yeah. she dresses in all black. That that ship has sailed, guys. I'm sorry. You're not going to get her to do anything athletic at that point. Well, they're thinking that it's a phase and that by letting her go on the ski trip, she'll grow out of the black phase. Uh, you know, the black clothes phase. That's the worst reasoning. It's nothing... When I was in high school, like, yeah, you go through phases, but forcing your kid to do something like that, and that might be the worst thing to try to get your kid out of a phase because you're mm-hmm. going to suck at it immediately. Yep. No one's ever good skiing their first time. Yeah, so, I, I don't know if the skiing was really their thing. It was like, no, these are friends. These are the kids you hung out with. Remember when you dressed normal? Just go <laughs> hang out with them again. Just Maybe be you'll dress normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I... I don't know, man. That's just if you're going on a camping trip, I think that makes more sense, right? Skiing not just seems ski. like the worst. Exactly. It, it there's nothing fun about it. No. To me, it, it, you're you're cold, mm-hmm. right? And you can't drink at that point legally. Yeah. You so already don't want to be there. Right. You're stuck in the cabin all day, so, and you're sober, and no. you're cold. So that's the worst. Those those three things are just a shit show of terrible. Yes. Uh, so at the bunks at night, Stacy decides to sneak into Monica's things and she reads her diary aloud to everyone where they mention uh, how much she mentions how much she hates Stacy and that she's probably a virgin on top of the, her saying that her parents are forcing her to do this to try and be normal. Basically, Monica comes in and gets pissed and mentions how she'd like to kill Stacy. 
And Angela tries to pull Monica away and tells her to forget it. And Monica calls her a wannabe and a bootlicker. And then Stacy, for some reason, gets mad at Angela for all this. And uh, she starts giving her the uh, the cold shoulder. And back at school, Mr. Sachs announces cheerleading tryouts are happening. And he again makes mildly inappropriate comments towards Stacy and then completely ignores Angela. <laughs> She's like, I'm going out for cheerleading too, Mr. Sachs. Like, oh, good for you. <laughs> I'll be which, in my office. Which flies directly in the face of what he said at the beginning of the school year, right? We want mm-hmm. everyone to be excellent. Well, I'm going to try to be excellent. Eh, well, you're not really pretty enough, but yeah. good for you. Good try, <laughs> kiddo. Like, oh, are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, I, he's, he's such a hypocrite. I put a, a high percentage chance that the principal doesn't even know her name. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> she, he probably calls her probably calls her like April or something like that. Yeah, great yeah. go, Amanda. April. Amanda. Hey, uh, hey, secretary, can you uh, can you grab me the homely one out there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the frumpy, mousy girl wears a lot of hand-me-down clothes. Oh, <laughs> the, so not the hot. So Stacy's the hot one. The other yeah. one, right? Yeah. <laughs> what if he just re- reverts to calling her you? Hey you! Good job, you. You did. You did just great. I, a lot of the times when I don't know someone's name, I'll like call them sir or like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I won't even say you know anything that would make it seem like I don't know their name. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if he just does that. Like, oh, you know, I have those reports for you, Mr. Sachs. Oh, good job, you, and a oh, way to go, and just like totally avoids the name. Probably. Yeah, that's smart. Smart. That's how he became principal. By, that, yeah, that's true. By great <laughs> social tricks like that. Social life hacks. I just gave it away, too. Now, yeah. it's, now it's up for grabs. Life hack. When you don't know someone's name, just you refer to them as you or buddy, <laughs> guy, right. pal. Or, or just say, hey there. Oh, there he <laughs> is. Just say that. <laughs> My man. Yeah. Hey, Here guys. comes trouble. <laughs> <laughs> give him the finger guns. Hey, there he is. This Everyone guy. loves that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say for women though. That's a you mystery can't, still. You can't do sweetheart, honey. Nope. Nope. Toots. Can't do that. Sugar tits is out. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. <laughs> Way to go, Mel. Mel ruined that for everybody. It was the one. The one we had. <laughs> right. Off the table. Hey, yeah, I don't... Call, call them. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. <laughs> right, because you're being, you know, you're being gender neutral at that point, right? You're you're being inclusive. Like yeah. your buddy could I be mean, anybody. Yeah, who knows? I don't know what where the stance is on what what gender buddy is. I feel like it leans leans male, but really it's not. But then there is a whole gender neutral version of folks. So. Or what about friend? Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe maybe you're not really her friend. She's just like, oh, hold it there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, well, you're extending the olive branch of a friendship. But buddy seems like patronizing. Like, mm. Hey, buddy. It's like How pal. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's hey, like pal. You, should, you should be rubbing their head like a child. Like, hey, buddy. That's <laughs> well, what I yeah. usually say to my dog. So, yeah, maybe yeah. I shouldn't <laughs> call someone buddy. That's true. Hey, I bud. call my dog bud. Hey, bud. Uh, so, women, we don't know what to call you. Sorry. Just say hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> now it seems like you're going to, like, hurt them if they don't respond to you. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just yelling out hey to them. Hey. Right. Oh, wow, man. So, that's, we'll so figure. Women listening, if there is an appropriate pronoun to call you, as in like, hey, blank, 
if we don't hear your name, put it put it in the comments. <laughs> or we could we can do the the we can pull a Val Venus. Hello, ladies. How about that? Okay. Nope. That's yeah, not probably not at all, right? We do like the uh, little are you, are you tipping a fedora at the same time? Mm, maybe. Milady. Yeah, that that would have been perfect. Milady would have been perfect. Yeah, but now, I, I don't have a fedora, unfortunately. But incels but... have ruined it. We can't say <laughs> Milady anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and ruined our friend's John fa- John's favorite hat of mine. Yep. <laughs> R.I.P. Fedora. <laughs> so then Angela has dinner with Jamie's family, and she oh, went, this movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> she's, we got to get through it. <laughs> We're in too deep now. Um, that she's hoping to become a lark, and Jamie's basically supposed to help her. And then abruptly, she's all of a sudden going through initiations, and they wake her up in the middle of the night, and then they have a ceremony several hours later. How did you get in my house? <laughs> <laughs> and then why? Then ceremony is in someone else's house in the middle of the day, so probably didn't need to wake her up in the middle of the night. Uh, it involves putting mayo in their hair, and then later they start driving around like maniacs with no seatbelts, start going around to random cars and kissing men on the cheek. Um, Angela tries to kiss an old man, but he rolls up his window. Fuck like, that! <laughs> I like it. Uh, so Stacy gives Angela like this. Mm, you're a loser. Look, like yeah. really, Angela wins that battle because she's not kissing an old man. Yeah. So if I'm Angela, I'm I'm wiping my brow. Like I do- I just dodged a bullet there. The, the part that makes an even a bigger burn is that he probably didn't have automatic windows. So he was <laughs> manually rolling. <laughs> frantically just rolling it up like like he's at a safari and like the baboons are going nuts. <laughs> I, I can and I can imagine I didn't think of this before you, you mentioned it, Aunt, with the whole initiation. I, I could just imagine how awkward it was. They they wake up Angela, like, Oh, you're a lark now and like, Oh, that's awesome and now you're awake and excited. I'm like, well, Meeting's not for another ten hours, so I mean, I guess good night and like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and and uh, just, you just sit there quietly. And... and also, Mayo was just a little too on the nose, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we get it. <laughs> but and then they go out kissing guys with Mayo in their hair. That's strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. That's, that's a that's a white people uh, white people for, for for sure. So, yeah, for some reason, Stacy is still holding a grudge against Angela for some reason. Um, I and... wanted to kiss that old man. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you're not as hot as I am. Mm, you know, <laughs> old, old man, man would kiss you. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought of th- that idea of just her being so smug that an old man didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to sleep with Angela. <laughs> that oh. old man doesn't want to rape you. Yeah. <laughs> God, she definitely deserved to die. <laughs> Would we feel less like that if it wasn't Tori spelling? No. No. <laughs> I mean, she was kind of a bitch, but... She I mean, was very much. I mean, but, like, Regina George in Mean Girls is is so much worse than she is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For, but it's Rachel McAdams. Sure. And she's, like, so much better <laughs> looking. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. 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 She's a better actress and just a better person in, in real life. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. No Tori Spelling. No so. idea. <laughs> <laughs> really I, I just want to make sure we don't come out on one side or the other on the the classic Rachel McAdams versus Tori Spelling debate. Because <laughs> I don't true. know either of them from Adam. All right. We're, there, there's we're a lot at, of 
We're, we're a little a gun people. shy after Instagram last week. Yeah, we're conscientious oh, no. objectors between in this war. <laughs> no, no, we we have to double down on certain things, man. We can't let that <laughs> we can't let that uh, dissuade us from just being who we are. We're leaning in. Um, so in, Ange- in Angela's bedroom after that whole kissing initiation thing, she kind of stares out the window and her. And her sister Terry comes in and congratulates her about getting to the Larks. And Angela just talks about her desire to be someone else, Stacy specifically, and demands herself to be perfect. Um, in poetry class, Angela's reading her poem. Court laughs at her, and then that makes Stacy laugh. So her teacher makes him read his poem. And then Court reads a poem about beavers eating wood, so he gets sent to the principal's office. And Stacy reads a short poem about Monica, who then threatens to kill her again. And Monica, I mean, uh, Stacy did the very politician thing. It was like, I definitely wasn't talking about Monica. Yeah. <laughs> I did not mention her name at all. Yeah. I didn't but just the, stare daggers at her. Stare absolute daggers. Like, <laughs> she was just like, like, just subcon, like, was telekinetically just saying, you know, that was about you, right? <laughs> <laughs> just in case she didn't get it. She's like, that was about you. <laughs> yeah, because teachers that's have my... no idea how uh, teenagers work. That's my Stacy voice, by the way. It was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's about you. Oh my God. <laughs> and you and you pulled the look off. Great. <laughs> the, the listener obviously can't see it, but the way it just kind of stared off made it. I mean, I felt like you were talking to me, and like I was like, oh shit, I feel like I was there. Nice shoes, Dan. Oh my God. <laughs> like we're gonna your, get a pair. Did you get? Did you get those at the thrift store? <laughs> and now I feel really bad. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to babysit a lot of hours to get these shoes, all right, bud. I'm sorry they weren't just handed to me. Did you not see the montage? Uh, <laughs> so cheerleading tryouts, and Angela is without a doubt terrible, and it's like a very simple cheer. Um, and then Stacy comes along, and she's fine, I suppose. She gets it right, but it's she doesn't like... blow Angela out of the water. No, she she's going through the motions too. Just like boom, boom. This is what I'm saying. Uh, oh my god. Um, <laughs> and then Angela gets excited about yearbook staff being announced, but she doesn't get that either. <laughs> oh, the, the best part of that is everyone is surrounding, like all the students are surrounding the uh, the board to see if their names were there. It was like like checking to see their grades to see if they passed. Yeah. No one does that. No one does that. Not for your book. Everybody like pretends they're not part of your book and they just meet right. silently. <laughs> right. And who and, posted? Like, yeah. <laughs> in the library when when everyone else is out of the uh, of the building. It's like, all right, now we could go. Now we could now we know we could do yearbook stuff. So right. we're gonna shit kick that of us for being in the yearbook. <laughs> like, damn, where where are you headed? Oh, definitely not yearbook club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go do hard drugs. <laughs> oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> Just oh, I got detention again. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have like a secret door. <laughs> we, have to wait, right, we have to wait for Dan to show up before we can begin your book club. You weren't followed, were you? No, no, no. Thank God. <laughs> um, but she doesn't get it, so she goes. Um, she gets upset, so Jill tries to comfort her. Then Chilling Squad is announced, and Angela doesn't get that either. And they so do they, it in a, the whole auditorium. Yeah, that was weird. That was like, I think if he, they, if he gives, so like only four girls are selected for cheerleading because I guess everybody that's not a sophomore um, is already on the team. So yeah. 
they announce all four girls and he tells them all to come up and they give them flowers. flowers. <laughs> they get bouquets. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is they left no suspense for Angela. Nope. They announced the three girls that are not Stacy. Yeah. First. <laughs> right. Yeah. Obviously, if you want to do that, you put Stacy first. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wonder who the fourth one is. Right. How, how great of a twist would it have been if it was like Jill or Monica? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious and monica just gets up there giving everyone the finger yeah so let's bring it on <laughs> suck oh, my man. dick bitches <laughs> and she's doing like the whole like licking you know the she makes the vagina like, you know i can't think of how i want to say it the uh the v the v yeah the v and she's doing the tongue through the v yeah. oh my word so Angela doesn't get cheerleading either, and she cries in the bathroom. Jill tries to comfort her again, but she has to leave. So Angela walks home by herself until her sister rolls up with her Nova. And, the best and she's eating cucumbers. She's eating cucumbers in the car as a snack. <laughs> Ladies and How gentlemen. is she cutting up those cucumbers? She's she's <laughs> cutting them up like like an old man that yes. has some advice is cutting up an apple like <laughs> on his porch. Uh, storms are coming. Storms He's been acting up. <laughs> Cucumber. <laughs> yeah, and she shoves the knife in her face too when Angela gets in. But the just the sheer what the fuckness about oh I've just got this this um, Tupperware full of vegetables that I have to cut up in like at, when I stop at traffic lights so I can have. Why couldn't it have been? Why couldn't it have been a carrot or an why apple? She've cut them at home. Right. <laughs> She's always on the go. There's a thing called meal prep. Look it up, Krista Miller. You got to do it in the Stacy voice. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Have you ever heard of meal prep? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is a truly bizarre moment that just has to be pulled from the actual case. Yeah. It has to be. It's such a detail that they ma- made sure that they put in that yeah. Yeah, um, down, down to it being a cucumber. Can't be an accident. I wonder be. if it was on the polygraph test. Does yeah. your sister eat cucumbers in the car with a kitchen knife? No. Oh my <laughs> god, it spiked. <laughs> the needle just jumped. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me, I have a hot date tonight. A date. <laughs> with a <Dinner> guy. <laughs> Watching TV alone. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to go home by myself and ogle the girls in Victoria's Secret catalog. <laughs> Sears catalog. <laughs> can i go home there's our one there's our one <laughs> yeah, that one was a tough one we, we did it <laughs> um and then uh terry's just like well what's wrong and jan angela's like oh i'm just mourning the end of my life well i'm really emo and so jill and An- angela get drunk on whiskey in jill's bedroom see so much fun she just jill is jill is the best friend yeah oh Jill's- yeah it would have been great if it turned out jill wasn't real we, <laughs> like, Jill is like a figment of her imagination, keeping that'd her be, sane. That'd be fantastic. But we stand Jill on this podcast. Yes. Hashtag Agreed. we stand Jill. Yeah, perfect. She's great. I don't know, like she looked familiar to me. I that, but I, there was nothing I've ever seen her in. Um, and but she invites Angela to a party to get over the fact that she didn't make cheerleading. But Angela decides that this is the perfect opportunity to invite Stacy to the party and make her her friend, which is a very uh, 
normal thing to think. <laughs> yeah, and Jill We've all wasn't that. there. She drank a little too much. Yeah. To, to stop yeah. this plan. Well, yeah. so doesn't she? She Angela tells Jill this, correct? Mm-hmm. But she right, falls. So she, but Jill falls asleep. But but Jill would still remember that. Like, oh yeah, Angela mentioned that she was going to invite Stacy to the party. Or maybe she was too blackout drunk to remember, I guess. Probably. Possibly. So Angela goes to a payphone and calls Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. Uh, <laughs> and tells her that someone is throwing a dinner for the new Larks and that she should be ready to Saturday night to get picked up. Um, she doesn't leave her name or anything like that. I, I love that that's not the mom's first question. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> like, what that's is her name? last question as she hangs up on her. Yeah. Who may I say is click? um so angela tells her mom that she's going to babysit so her mom drops her off and then somehow angela convinces her mom to leave her the car and walk home the rest of the way which is like four blocks in the middle of the night Uh, what a a weird suggestion too mom why don't you walk home and let me take the car well couldn't you just drop me off at home and then take the car wouldn't that make more sense or just take the car yeah like i would have been like well why did i fucking come Uh, so she pretends to go into this one house. So she takes the car once her mom leaves and then drives to Stacy's house. Stacy comes out and disappointed that she sees Angela behind the wheel. And Angela says that she said that they were going to a dinner, but she only said that. So her mom would let her go. And the truth is they're going to a party and Stacy begrudgingly goes, um, yeah, when she gets in the she, older crowd. Yeah. The older crowd. Um, as she gets in, she notices kind of the the array of stuff that are in the car, including the knife and vegetables are still in the car. <laughs> and she um, and Stacy points that out, rightfully so. Yes. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this in your center console? And, and Angela's excuse is the best. My like, sister likes to make sandwiches. <laughs> or like a snack. I think she says a snack. Uh, I thought she said sandwiches. Why not just say, oh, we, my sister left it in here by accident? Yeah. Just. For once in your life, Angela, think. <laughs> Fucking Angela. So Stacy tells Angela to pull over in the church parking lot because uh, she's she wants to smoke some grass, she says. Cause... I eye rolled so hard at that line. It's just it's a little just grass. Grass was 1967. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, that's the standards and practices let us get away with. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I, I, I hurt myself when I how hard I eye rolled at that line. Oh, God. Grass. <laughs> Uh, Stacy asks more about the party and Angela says, well, I wasn't really invited, but Jill was, and she said, it's fine. So Stacy freaks out about the idea that she would go to a party with a party crasher, which obviously her priorities are in check. Mm. Um, so she's like, I'm totally getting out of here. You're not going to, I'm not going to, you're not going to embarrass me. And then Angela like, like gets really clingy. And then she says that she admires Stacy because she's so popular and so pretty. And she just wants to be like her. Which I would fucking hightail it out of there too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at that point, I, that's a huge red flag. I've seen single way female. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just want to be you, basically. Uh, and she's like, oh my God, I'm so out of here. Oh my God. I've never done that, guys, to anybody. <laughs> I promise. I swear. Um, so then we see the scenes that we see, saw at the beginning of the movie, but from Angela's perspective. Uh, we see Stacy. We see Stacy going in the first person's house. Angela following behind the guy's car, and we get some great like slow like pull zooms into her face while she's thinking thinking in her head all the mean things that 
Stacy's going to say to her, say about her at school. And then her getting to the door of her neighbors and then the stabbing. And we get a nice Wilhelm scream in that sequence. Um, then Angela goes home and washes the knife off and then just stares at herself in the mirror. When she's washing the knife off, I thought she was like going to chop her fingers off. She oh, seems- I, oh, I got so nervous. I was like, oh my God, she's going to slice her finger. <laughs> it looks so unprofessional. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's cleaning it very quickly, yeah. right? It's not like she's being careful. She's, like, rubbing it really fast. I was like, oh, my God, how is she not cutting herself? Like, don't sponges exist in your in your house? Like you're just you're rubbing it, with, you're cleaning it with your bare yeah. hands? Why not just throw the damn thing away? Oh, throw it man. away. Oh, man, these cucumbers taste a little metallic today. <laughs> <laughs> very irony. Um, yeah. Uh, Angela takes a shower, but her mom interrupts her, saying Jamie's on the phone. Jamie tells her about Stacy, and then Jill and Angela watch the news, but the description is pretty detailed, and the Nova, the light-colored Nova, should be a dead fucking giveaway to anybody that <laughs> sees the one car in that neighborhood that exists. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, the uh, the man who drives Stacy home really doesn't get a good look at anything. Uh, he's, I, he's supposedly, so in the first scene, at when the, the parents arrive at the scene, you hear him saying that he chased after the car afterwards, okay. but then he decided he came back to, you know, make sure he got his statement and everything like that. So I'm assuming he at least got a good look at, at the, the car. car, but you would think he would also get the license plate. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, yeah, it was a very good description of like, yeah, it's a, a young woman with short brown hair. Like, oh man, they got got it down oh, pretty so, close. So you guys got the license plate. Wait, what? The what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but the the light light colored Nova should be the dead the dead giveaway. There yeah. should be only so many light colored Novas in that neighborhood. Right, because everyone's so rich. Yeah, should be all driving Beamers. Uh, there's a funeral, and then but there nothing really happens in the funeral scene. Angela speaks with an investigator. She lies about a babysitting gig and said that it was probably someone that Stacy put down. Um, Stacy's parents go on the news and talk about the fact that they believe Stacy's killer was a student. And then her dad has a weird moment where he mentions that it could have been someone who was anti-establishment because <laughs> Stacy represented the establishment. I guess we're supposed to think that this is just everyone pointing their finger at Monica, Monica I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just weird. It's like, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> um angela calls jill possibly because she's going to confess to her but jill doesn't pick up the phone so she kind of chickens out after that at school everyone thinks the goth girl monica did it to the point that people chase her and call her a murderer um then at a lark meeting jamie tries to disband the larks and angela says that it would make the larks look guilty and winds up getting herself elected secretary treasurer instead yeah and at school now at the all the boys office, like her yeah at yeah. school at the attendance office court comes in and asks angela out on a date like oh, that was the the one person that was standing in her way from popularity was stacy i never noticed she's behind stacy now she's gone baby oh. My time to I thought that was a different guy, but I wasn't really paying attention, to be honest. I'm, I thought it was Court. I mean, he, a dude in a Leatherman's jacket could have been another guy, for all I know. Yeah, yeah but I, I thought mean, it was that, just very yeah, non The guy wasn't dude. the point. It was just... Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, just, it's weird how now... So Stacy's dead, and all of a sudden she's popular. Like, oh, you have a different aura around you. Like a very... Yeah. 
You have like a killer aura around you, uh, Angela. Like, what, what's bad? Like a what's, weight what's is what's to lift it off your shoulders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, I was just waiting for her to end up on the cheerleading squad. Right. right. All of a sudden, she gets her groove. And everybody loves her poems. They just give standing ovations. Right. right. <laughs> that would have been pretty great. Like, listen, <laughs> I have this this huge guilt on my chest, but I am just fucking awesome at everything I do now. So I really have to keep this in check. I must, I must kill again to continue the streak. <laughs> right. She needs blood <laughs> to appease the god. And that's why Kelly Martin hasn't aged much. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly. Someone, someone check Mur- all the uh, unsolved murderers. <laughs> Kelly Martin was there. Kelly Martin is just feasting on on uh, drifters to keep herself youthful. <laughs> we I mean, whatever works. Every unsolved murder in New York, Ant. <laughs> you go, girl. Um, so Court comes in and asks Angela out on a date, and the very next scene, she's wearing his Letterman's jacket as a girl with dr- a drug problem. Basically, tells her she's a big old phony. And working as a candy striper, Angela freaks out an old lady by her mere presence. Yeah, uh, I know who you are. That was a little surreal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I've I've been there. I've seen that. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Angela gets confirmed, and then she goes to confession. Doesn't confirmation happen in seventh grade, Mark? Yes, a lot sooner than that, yeah. but I don't know what... Fucking bullshit. Is, yeah, different sect of Catholicism. Sure hope someone got fired for that blunder. Yeah. <laughs> Bam, we are on a roll tonight. <laughs> um, so she goes to confession, and she says she has a confession, and then we don't see her confess. Back at school, it sounds like the FBI has got now gotten involved and plans to interview all the larks. Monica has now dropped out because of the harassment. The lockers, yeah. someone has painted killer on Monica's locker. That is the the neatest graffiti on a locker I've ever seen. Yeah, so Jamie says that uh, Monica had an alibi, and there's no way she could have done it. She also says that she's never really liked Stacy. <laughs> just <laughs> Jamie just dragging the dead girl. Yeah. I wish everyone would have came forward and said that. But yeah, she was kind of a bitch. I never really liked her. I, I also think it's funny how the school hasn't gotten rid of the graffiti of Killer on Monica's old... Uh, yeah. locker like yeah this has been here for months they just refuse <laughs> to the, the principal just wants it there as a reminder like monica she did it she had to have done it she killed my lover i mean <laughs> she didn't she strive killed... for excellence <laughs> right if she was excellent she would have uh, figured it out so angela gets interviewed by the fbi and finally james avery shows up and mm-hmm. uh, he plays an fbi agent and he says that her alibi doesn't work out and that she failed the polygraph test she says she lied about taking, it's lied about babysitting because she took the car because she wanted to see an R-rated movie. And then Uncle Phil reads off a psychologist's profile of a potential killer, and it points directly to Angela. And yeah. At this point, Angela is basically suspect number one, and the FBI is very sure of it, but needs a confession. I've I've seen a I've seen enough Criminal Minds to know that 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 profile was done while they were on an airplane over to. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was I was yelling at the screen. It doesn't matter if you failed the polygraph test. Those things don't hold up in court, Angela. You can still fight this. <laughs> yeah, she should have lawyered the fuck up. Right. Yeah, at that yeah. point, you just go, I want a lawyer. Yeah, I do love James Avery as one of my favorite line delivers in this is when she tells the story about the movie. He goes, oh, well, that was, that solves the polygraph. Like, <laughs> sort of. Wraps it up in a neat little package. Damn, another one. Yep, there we go. <laughs> um, then Angela, uh, so Angela's really, she's starting to break down at this point. She's 
towards towards the the confession at this point. And Aunt, she catches and her parents talking about her. They they think she's unhappy because they don't have a lot of money. And they say that well maybe this party this Christmas party is going to make her cheer up. So they have a Christmas party. Everyone seems to be really happy except for Angela. And uh, after she after she seems to want to confess to her parents, but she chickens out. Her mom kind of is like, I'm tired. Uh, can we talk about this a little bit later? And then she winds up passing out and all that kind of stuff. So instead, she writes a letter and gives it to her mom as she leaves for school. Before she reads Angela's note, though, her mom has to read the Bible. And they also have a painting of the Pope in their house, in case you didn't know that they were Italians. Um, we finally. didn't even mention that this oh, movie has a special connection to one of our uh, members we got, here. We have gotten, this episode is about an hour in, probably even more, oh, an hour and 21 minutes we've been recording. Um, and we never mentioned, Angela's last name is Del Vecchio. And it it's really weird to hear it, just because it's such a... It's not it's not a a very common name to hear. Um but yeah, that was it. But I just Delvec- now I automatically link you with a murderer. Yeah, this is uh, this is my sister's story. It was all about my sister. <laughs> and how she eluded justice. So now you just Angela. gave her away, dude. God yeah. damn it, Aunt. And it's time I see the name Angela, I just think of uh who's the boss and I just read it in Tony Dance's voice. Angela <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's another, another famous Del Vecchio, right? Angela. <laughs> Angela Del Vecchio is also uh, a character in Backyard Baseball. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, as was Tony Del Vecchio. Oh, T. They were brothers. They were brother everyone and sister. Knows, everyone knows your dad was one of the best in Backyard Baseball. <laughs> I mean, he's no Pablo Sanchez, Sanchez but... Yeah. <laughs> he's up there, man. You know, don't write him off. He had a good arm. He did. Tony Del Vecchio. Yeah, he, he had instincts, right? You can't <laughs> teach that stuff. Those the intangibles of the game, baby. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the mom, Mrs. Del Vecchio, reads the note finally after her little Bible time, and it's a confession. She's basically, I'm going to turn myself in. Uh, I hope you guys still love me. I would like you to help come with me to confess. Um, so she waits after school and her mom shows up and Angela finally breaks down. And then, uh, rumors start to move around the school that it was Angela and Jill gets upset at the other larks. And then she's just like, you didn't even know her at all. And she storms off at church. The priest takes the entire, entire community to task over their values and says, everyone's striving for the best. Maybe this girl kind of finally snapped over that. And, uh, Jamie, or are you going to say something, Mark? I was going to say, they missed the ultimate thing that a priest in that situation would have said, you know, striving for the best, when she should have only been striving for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie goes to confession and feels somewhat responsible for leaving Angela alone at the ski trip. Um, the principal defends the community's values, and he says that Angela was just a sick person. Uh, <laughs> just He's very upset that she he, she killed her his lover. Right. Uh, That's definitely the way that a responsible educator would handle that situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she was just a sick kid. No, that's it. Not my fault. Yeah. Right. Um, Bring the parents. So, so a trial begins. Uh, the day the DA gets interviewed by the news regarding the DA's attempt to get a murder one charge. Uh, murder one and murder two carry same max sentences for juveniles, which is just uh, they are they go to juvenile hall or they're they're incarcerated until they reach 25 and then they're um, they are let go. Um, so it doesn't make much sense. 
um, that they're going for a murder one charge. And trial the, begins. The journalist points that out. Yeah. Like that had to be straight from the court record too. Oh yeah, I'm sure a lot of this has to. The, I'm uh, sure a lot of this trial stuff does. Uh, trial begins. The DA argues premeditation. Defense argues a heat of the moment murder. Um, and then during a recess, Jill gets accosted by one of the larks named Meredith, who I guess feels like she's allowed to say who can and can't come to the trial. And now I guess Jamie is the lead because uh, Jamie comes to her rescue and they hug. And I guess Jamie Marley Shelton is the lead at this point in the movie because she's getting a lot of FaceTime. Um, then they play Angela's uh, confession to the court. And then the defense's closing arguments clearly state they feel that the trial did not solve a damn thing. DA has his little spiel. And the judge, he says his little thing, which was basically says that this was a complete waste of time and no one benefited from the entire trial based on the fact that murder one or two carries the same exact sentence. The the defense attorney has the biggest burn ever in this movie. When he's giving his final statement, he's saying, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Angela you know, to be perfect, to be beautiful, to be uh, successful. She was none of those things. Like, oh, damn, dude. Just slam down the book and go, boom, roast it. And then <laughs> sit down. You didn't have to do her like that, dog. Yeah. It's like, I'm paying you. <laughs> right. You're supposed to be on my side, man. Uh, paying me? I'm a public defender. <laughs> True. Uh, taxes. <laughs> boom. <laughs> it would have been so much better if, like, while he's saying that, he's just staring at her. Just like daggers, like menacingly, (laughs) and just driving it home. They wanted her to be perfect, beautiful, successful. Like, God, my God, please don't hurt me. And then he does his Stacey voice. I was talking about you. Did you know that? (laughs) The the judge has to kind of intervene. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe maybe take a recess. Stop badgering your client? (laughs) I've told you about this before, sir. Um, so then, uh, the trial's over and then we get the same scenes that played in the beginning. Just the, you know, the nice community bike, kids on bikes, guy jogging, blah, blah, blah. And then Jamie writes a letter to Angela kind of telling her, you know, hopefully we can all move on from this and, you know, grow from it, I guess. And then it fades out and that's the movie. It, uh, it was a weird one to cover. One final block of text where it just says the real Angela Delvecchio was released when she turned the age of 25 on parole. Oh, she was only there for seven years. She didn't even get the maximum. Uh, I, I don't think she got the maximum penalty. I don't know. But Which isn't yeah. too bad if you think about it. 25, you're still at your peak. right? Yeah. You, could, you can assume well, a different I, life if you're her. You're, she's fine. Don't worry. Murder a few more people. It's right. plenty of time. So the key is to ma- murder somebody before you turn 18. Right. I guess the the always is the they could try you as an adult. Right, that's true. I mean, you, but it has to be not premeditated. Then you're in the clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder like, if I wonder if this case was one of the things that changed the law because it happened to a pretty white girl. Possibly. But at the same time, Angela kind of you know she gets educated on uh, taxpayers' dime, yeah. right? I mean, she could probably earn her degree in, in prison. She's mm-hmm. fine. She'll be yeah. fine. And then no and then she yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then she opens a bookstore in a small town and starts solving crimes. There you go. (laughs) It's the classic tale, really. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, And it was a weird one to cover, but we got some laughs out of it. Uh, Ooh, here's a good one. Marry, fuck, kill. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) We're going to say Stacy. We're going to say Angela. 
Uh, and we're going to say Jill only because Wendy Peppercorn is too easy. Because you, mar- you lock down Marley Shelton. You marry her, <laughs> yeah. you have nine kids, and you own Vincent's Drugstore. <laughs> um, so that's some count, yeah. Okay. So Stacy's going to meet the same end as she did in this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Probably in the same exact manner. I'm going to wait for her in the uh, in my car. <laughs> so three then... people waiting in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Angela, Angela <laughs> Principal, Sax, and, and you. <laughs> yeah. So which one of us gets the last stab? I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. Um, so, yeah, Stacy dies. I marry Jill just so she can, you know, talk me up as like every day before I go to work. Like, give him hell, Dan. Thank you, honey. I will just for you. Uh, and like, no matter what, I'm like, I'm rocking a Daredevil T-shirt right now. Like, you look great in that Daredevil <laughs> T-shirt, Dan. Like, thanks, Jill. Um, but, oh, but I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to bang Angela. She seems so psychotic. Right, she might get really clingy. Yeah, she probably. Kill it you. could also be really good. <laughs> no, she's no also way. crazy. She's religious. You're not getting anything good out of a. Her mom's religious. Yeah. But I, I think at the same time that probably rubbed off on her. I mean, she goes to confession. That's true. I haven't gone to confession since my first confession. <laughs> well, she went to confession after confirmation. I feel like that's a thing that you do. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I'm gonna stick with that. I'm, I'm killing Stacy. Right. I'm gonna marry Jill, and I'll I'll give it to Angela. Okay, Mark, same. That is probably the correct way to oh. do it. Oh, well, there's boy. no correct way. But uh, just for fun, I would um, whip Stacy and Angela. Oh, okay. Just put so Angela you're kill- out of her misery. Kill Angela. You're fucking Jill. No, no, Stacy. Stacy. I'm yeah. married Jill. You, of okay. course, for yeah, Jill yeah, stands. Yeah. We all marry Jill. I forgot who was Jill. <laughs> I forgot. Ter- I, t- I forgot uh, the Tory Spelling's name was Stacy in this movie. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dan's. Uh, that's the most obvious one. Yeah. Um, you know, without Wendy Peppercorn there, you know, every, anything goes. Because that was, I felt that was the most obvious. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's really it. Is there any kind of closing statements you want to say about this movie? Anybody? Uh, no. Thank you to our friend Jim for recommending it. We This definitely went better than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> we, we were able to come up with some good scenarios, so... Uh, you know, I mean, but that's just our genius really shining through. I mean, I would do that in the Stacy voice. I can't do it, though. That's just like our genius, you know. <laughs> um, no, th- this was a lot of fun. So thank you, Jim. Much appreciated. Yeah, my final thought is as boring and not, you know, well done as it is, I actually appreciate that they played it a little more straight than more recent Lifetime Movie of the Week type movies did um, because um, it didn't feel like um, as much as that I wasn't wasting my time as much. Um, at least with this, I'm like, oh, I'm interested to see what the story is, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the actual story um, behind it. Then if it was some, probably what the 2000, what, 19? Yeah. It was last year. Yeah. Version of this is, um, is probably one I would have turned off immediately unless we were watching it for this podcast. Um, but yeah, yeah. Playing it, playing a little bit straight, despite bad acting. I'll give it some credit there. Um, but yeah, it, it should only be a movie that should be watched in, it felt like a movie that, um, would have been part of the, when I did a media studies class at Penn State, where it was like, you saw the best thing from each type of thing that was on television. Um, like we watched, you know, uh, Bonanza and, you know, all, all that stuff, like through the years, this would have been like, this is made for TV movie. This is what, this is the pinnacle of that. This mm-hmm. was the most famous one. 
Yeah, that's the only time this movie should be seen is in an in an educational sense. Okay. Uh, okay. You, uh, I really don't have any much more to say. I think, you know. No, I think we, we, watched we it. got it pretty good. <laughs> um, you guys want to plug your shit? Sure. Uh, at Diaquino122 on Twitter. Come hang out with me. And uh, our real play D&D, Stranger Damies, on Twitter and Instagram is at Stranger Damies. Just hit 700 followers. Yay. We're, uh, we're coming for Critical Role, man. We're right there. We're on their <laughs> we're on their heels. So watch out. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Stranger Damies. Uh, we uh, uh, every Wednesday. Um, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast. Um, if you're listening to this episode, these may come out the same day. I've been with things going on over the weekend. I haven't really had time to uh, do much of editing for that. So we'll see how tonight goes. Maybe it'll be up tomorrow, but probably most likely Thursday. Uh, but uh, be sure to check it out. Um, and then you can get just like Dan said at Stranger Damies. Um, if you have any constructive criticism or anything, as we're getting into the meat of a uh, the mid-level um, story here, the 12 through 15 uh, levels. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to how you guys play out the story. Uh, yes, this has been They Called This Movie. You can find us at theycalledthismovie.podbean.com. We're on all podcast streaming apps at They Called This Movie. Just search for They Called This Movie on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Anywhere you get podcasts, we will be there. We are themaindamie.com. That's the main website. And you can find us on all social media at themaindamie. Uh, we post mostly on Twitter. That's the best place to get in contact with us. But if you have a suggestion for a movie we want to do, if you want to tell us how we're doing, tell us we suck, uh, reach out to us, themaydamie at gmail.com, or Twitter is probably the second best place to to do that. Um, we're also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com and on all podcast streaming apps at Geek Vibes Nation. Just look for Geek Vibes Nation. They'll pop right up. It's us. It's a bunch of other great shows. Tia's top tens uh that dan had mentioned earlier a bunch of other shows that i am blanking on the names of there but you'll find us there you'll find a bunch of great shows that like any type of geek stuff that you might be into that's there um they're on all social media all podcasts and just geek vibes nation just look for them there great bunch of people we're proud to be a part of that um and that's gonna wrap it up um this has been death of a cheerleader from 1994 and it was directed by uh where is it william a graham so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony del vecchio telling william a graham to go fuck himself <laughs>